This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm crazy grateful for all of you who subscribe, share, and leave reviews. If this is your first time, welcome to the Elevate community. Like our home church, Living Word, I and the Elevate leaders work as hard as we can to build an atmosphere of love to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. It would mean the world to us if you helped us get the word out by sharing this episode on social media. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate, visit us at iloveelevate.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for everything you do, which brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. Are you like me in asking the question, why, often? Why do God's people who have God on our side endure hardships? Why do we, just like anybody else, suffer loss or pain or suffering? Why do we, whenever we're trying to seek the Lord, deal with sin that we just can't, can't seem to shake, and we fight and we fight and we fight and we feel like we, we fail and we go backwards, and it's amazing to us sometimes that we will surrender our lives to him Thank you, Gavin. Give Gavin a hand. Thank you. Thank you very much. But what is hard doesn't seem to go away. Why doesn't God just simply fix us? Why doesn't he take away all temptation? Wouldn't that be great? We just walk around with our head just blinders on. We just don't see anything. We don't think anything. We're just perfect. Wouldn't that be great? Why is life hard? And will life always be challenging? And I want to start out with sort of breaking a myth, just a little one tonight. And it's the idea that salvation is the end goal of Christianity. That when you said that prayer of giving your life to Jesus, that was the single reason that he came to the cross. That was why he walked on earth. That's why he did his ministry. That's why he founded the kingdom of heaven, was to finally get you to the altar. And now we're done. And the reality and the truth is that that is not the end goal. That is initiation. That's the beginning. That's when you put your first foot into the kingdom of heaven. But God has a life journey ahead of you. You work out your salvation daily with fear, and with trembling before a God that you awe every single day, that challenges you every single day. Salvation is not the end. It is the initiation. That would be like if you went to... Planet Fitness, first of all, let's just take a moment to think about how gyms work. This is what they hope you're going to do. They hope that you will come in, you will sign a contract, give them your credit card number, work out twice, feel sore, say, this is no fun, and then never come back again. While they continue to draw money out of your account for the rest of your contract. So they do no service to you while they take your money. That is the gym scheme. That is what they're trying to do. And they're really pumped when you don't show up. What if, and maybe we as Christians and as churches have painted the picture that becoming saved is just like a gym membership. If we can get you to the altar, if we can have the right mood set, if we have a nice emotional speaker, if we can get you to feel emotional and you say this prayer, boom, sign the contract, you're good to go, you have hell insurance. But that is not what a life of physical fitness looks like at all. Physical fitness is sacrificing getting up early and eating right and and hurting and sacrificing over and over and over again, right? And you're you're hopefully better a month 
from now than you are today in a year and everything changes, right? And you grow and grow and grow. Timothy was a young man who was put into a pastor's position. And he was in a really tough spot because his church was not doing great. And Paul was writing letters to Timothy to encourage him. And he writes this to Timothy. And you have to understand that at this time, the Greco-Roman influence was strong. And they worshipped the human body. They loved the games. Athleticism was at a peak. People were gathering often to see races, to see physical feats of strength and of competition and endurance. And so when Paul writes this, he is writing to a context that they understand, and he compares physical training to spiritual training and then draws distinctions. Let's look at this. This is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. While bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This is This saying is trustworthy and deserving of all acceptance. What saying? The saying that godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for this life and the one to come. Verse 10, for to this end we toil and strive. We fight, we struggle, we strain because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, particularly, especially of those who believe. Peter is comparing physical fitness to spiritual fitness. And he's saying, hey, it's, it's beneficial to be, to be physically strong, to exercise, and to be healthy. But it doesn't hold a candle to the reality of spiritual health in your life. And you know what? Spiritual health takes, what does it take? It takes toiling and striving. We as Christians, we serve God, but sometimes we get knocked down hard. Sometimes we end up on our face. Sometimes things come out of nowhere and we're like, what is going on? How, why am I going through this? How could a good God let these things happen? I learned about this yesterday from my dad, and I, I spent about an hour researching it today to make sure it was true because it's so hilarious. I learned about giraffes and how a giraffe is born. Has anyone heard this before? Am I Sweet, I get to tell you. Yeah, yeah, right. I get to talk about it. I'm so excited. It's crazy, right? So... When a baby giraffe is born, first of all, as it's exiting the womb, it comes out belly up, head and front legs first. So it's coming out. And don't forget, giraffes are like tall. And so as it exits the birth canal, it drops on its back six to eight feet. Boom. Welcome to the world. And so you got this, this blob of legs on the ground, and the mother giraffe will step over this newborn baby. And the newborn baby's like, oh, what is going on, right? And she'll give it a couple of licks, and she lets it know, hi, I'm mommy, I love you. You know, I've, I've been waiting 15 months to meet you. And then she kicks it and knocks the giraffe over. And it's, and I love you, you're, you're my, and kicks it again. And the baby thinks to itself, It just feels a blunt force, and it's like, I don't know what's going on, but I better change what I'm doing now, or I might get this again. So it begins to struggle a little bit, and it tries to get up onto its front feet, and what does the mom do? She kicks it again. Falls down on the ground. And so it struggles to try to get up onto its feet, and it's wobbly, and it's standing underneath the mom. What does the mom do? She kicks it again until it's on the ground. 
And so it's struggling now, and so it tries to get up on its feet, and it takes its first steps, and what does mom do? She kicks it again under the ground. And so now it's fighting to get up, and it's trying to walk, and it's a little more stable this time, and what does she do? She kicks it again. A newborn giraffe will go from hitting the ground to walking in 30 minutes. 30 minutes! It, takes, it took you a year to walk. Baby giraffes. Why? Because all the predators know that baby giraffe meat is tender and supple and delicious. And 50% of newborn giraffes will be eaten. And from the moment of birth, that mother has to get this giraffe mobile and moving so it can join and run with the pack where it's safe. I watched a video today of a mother giraffe defending her baby, and she ran over a lion and kicked it in the face as she was going by. I was like, dang! Shout out to moms! Yes, shout out to giraffes. She knows that she's got to get this baby moving, and it's not going to happen by coddling it on the ground. She has to put it under pressure. She has to knock it down a few times. It has to begin to build stability and confidence in its ability to walk so that it can run and join the herd. And you know what the number one defense against predators for a giraffe is? It's running and it's getting up when it's knocked down. You kick a giraffe down, it gets up again. What a great spiritual lesson for believers. Why does God allow things sometimes to knock us down? Why does God discipline us? Because he is building strength in us. We have an enemy known in 1 Peter as a roaring lion, seeking whom he can. I say it all the time because I need you to learn this. Our enemy is a roaring lion who wants to eat you. And so God is going to train you, and he's going to rough you up a little bit so that you can become strong enough, so that you will lean into the pack a little bit more, so that you will rely on him a little bit more. I love what Proverbs says. I think it's Proverbs 24. Yes, 24, 16. Though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Boom, seven times. And they'll still stand up. But the wicked stumble. What happens to the wicked? They stumble when calamity strikes. What will set you apart from everybody else? Everyone's going to get knocked down in life. There's no way around it. We will all suffer. But those who call on the Lord as their God will get on their feet. And they will keep going. One of my very favorite fictional characters is Rocky. I have all the movies plus all the Creed movies, and it is like a Ferone tradition that we are building that every year we have Rocky Week and we watch a movie a night. There's eight movies now. God, I don't know how to do that in a week anymore. We'll figure it out. We cook, we cook Italian food. We invite friends. It's Rocky Week, and my kids are going to be like into it in Jesus' name. We wear Rocky shirts. I have a bunch of them. And my favorite thing about Rocky is not that he's a good fighter. He is a terrible boxer. He uses his head as a punching bag. He's an idiot when it comes to boxing. But by golly, every single time, Rocky is going to get back up. That is what God is calling 
his people to be. We may not be that smart. We may not be that great, but we're not going to quit. We're not going to stay on the ground. So how are we going to develop our spiritual muscles? How do you develop physical muscles? Anyone in here like to work out? Anyone in here? Awesome, awesome. Glad you guys are here. If you don't like to work out, that's fine. You be you. I'm nothing against you. If there's a CrossFit in here, yes, we know. Thank you very much. What happens with muscles? The beautiful thing that God designed in muscles is that if you exert them hard repetitively and you exhaust them and wear them out, tears happen inside the muscle. And with rest, with rest, those muscles grow back stronger. And so then you go and do it again. And I'm telling you, if you just start working out, the next day you hate life. You soar all over. You have trouble walking. You don't want to lift your arms. You know, like it's just, you feel miserable. You're weak. And sometimes, let's just be real, sometimes life's going to beat you up and you're going to feel weak. You're going to feel like you can't get up anymore. You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel depressed. But if you will, what does he say? What's this key verse say? It says that our hope is set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people. If we will, when we feel weak, when we feel depressed, when we feel like we can't get up, if we'll place our hope not in ourselves, not in if I finally can get my next job, if I can finally date the next person, if I can finally make the right grade, if I finally can get into that school, if I can finally find what I need to be doing, if I can fill in the blank of all of our what-ifs, if-onlys, but we put our hope into Christ in front of us, then when we are weak, he is going to make us stronger. He's going to take a knock on the ground to help us stand firm. If we'll place our eyes on him, you know what's so beautiful? Is how many times, as you read through the Bible, it says, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. When you feel tired, wait on the Lord. When you feel you can't go on anymore, wait on the Lord. Why? Because you're recovering. You got beat up, but God is building you back stronger now than you were yesterday. You're feeling sore now because you're about to be stronger tomorrow. Elevator, you with me? 1 Timothy 4.10, for to this end we toil and we strive. That means we push back against the pressure. We're, we're struggling, we're grappling, we're moving forward. Our muscles, our spiritual muscles grow when we struggle. And the metaphorical weights in our lives are our difficulties. They're fighting temptation, they're being hurt, unexpected problems, loss, suffering, and we have a long list from last year. But what if we stopped looking at last year as that bad year and we started looking at last year as that training ground? That place that we got beat up a little bit because we're standing stronger in 2021 than we did last year. What if we were stronger now than we were last year? What if we depended more on Jesus now than we did on last year? What if we changed our thinking? We need to get over talking about how bad 2020 was and start understanding how good God was in it. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is our Savior. Are you the same today that you were last week? Answer that question honestly. Don't, don't tell me. Answer it for yourself. Are you the same person now that you were just last week? Last month? Last year? Because if you're willing to be honest with yourself and say, you know, really, I... I'm still struggling with the same sins. I've still had a hard time forgiving that same person. 
whenever I meet this temptation, I still I can't get over it. I'm still stressed about the same things. I'm still having a hard time with that same person. I still can't get over this thing at work or with my boss. If you look back and you're really like not very different than you were last week, last month, last year, and everything is just the same, then I've got to ask you some hard questions. And the first question is, are you taking responsibility? It's time to grow. It's time to get off the couch. It's time to stop being apathetic about homework. It's time to stop being complacent about the relationships God has in your life, and it's time to start moving forward. Yep, 2020 was a great excuse for slowing down. Stop. Get your foot on the gas. Put your eyes on Christ and start reading his word. Start pressing into him. Start praying every day, every minute, walking through the hallways. Start praying for the people you don't like. Start praying for your family. Start praying for your church. Start praying for each other. Let's get out of neutral and begin to push a little bit more. Why doesn't God snap his fingers and take away the hardships and temptations? Because he's not training you to be perfect. He's training you to fight. He's training you to be on your feet and know how to get with your pack, with your crowd, with your church, with your other godly people, and defeat the enemy. Or let him defeat the enemy, I should actually say. Know how to hide in the safety of hope in him. I don't, want to, I don't want you to forget that quickly. He's not training you to be perfect. He's training you to fight. Get up. And there are benefits to fighting well. I love how this verse closes. It holds the promise. What is struggling, what is striving, what is enduring do? It holds the promise for this present life and also for the one to come. If you will, turn your eyes towards Jesus. If you'll peel away all the excuses, all the complaints, start pressing harder, you will start seeing victories here in this life. You will start seeing victories, and they won't be yours. God is going to show you how he'll take victory when you'll surrender to him, when you'll finally stop blaming other people for your standstillness. Stagnation. Yes. You will have victories in this life, and you will see God's faithfulness in your endurance and in your worship. You know why God's doing this? Why God wants you to be stronger? It's not so that you can stand on your own. I think I talked about this last week. God is not interested in you becoming independent from him. Strength in Jesus is actually more dependency on him. Are you following me? Like, we think that when we grow up and become mature, we, we like, run on our own, just like when we get out of the house. I can't wait to be out of the house, and I can drive and do my, make my own decisions and go to bed as late as I want. And Yeah, but that, that's independency, you know, here in, in adulthood. But strength in Christ is actually leaning more into him and depending more on him and trusting him with more stuff. Like, what is that so backwards? But why is God doing this? Why does he want us to grow stronger? It's because he's preparing for himself a perfect bride. And when you show up to heaven, you show up strong. When you show up to heaven, you show up worthy to be there, worthy of his son. It says that we're the bride presented to the groom as Christ. Thank goodness that's a metaphor because that's weird. 
But the idea is that he is building a church that is interconnected, that is strong together. It says he's building a spiritual house, and we get to be stones in it. And we're not going to be weak stones. He is preparing a strong body of Christians. Recap. Salvation is not God's end goal. It's our initiation. All our Christian lives, we are being exercised, built up, strengthened. The strengthening comes from the constant pressures of the world. I remember when we did the series on the underground church. You all remember that series? We had like rats out there and the black gates and we got all dark in here and took off our shoes at the door. Man, it was a crazy fun series and terrifying and sad too. And there was a woman, Helen, who was in, oh, what was that country? doesn't matter. And she was, because of her faith, locked in a ship, shipping container, a metal shipping container with like a dozen other people. And soldiers would pull her out, and they would beat her every day and put her back in. And at night, it would get so cold, she would shake through the night. And during the day, it would get so hot that the edges of the container would burn her skin. And ants and other bugs would come in through the container and bite her. And she lived. She survived in this terrible place. And she began to thank God for the suffering. And it's a level I can't understand, but I want to throw it out there. Maybe, maybe God will give you inspiration with this. Maybe this will plant a seed in your life. But she began to thank God for the bugs that bit her. She began to thank God for the soldiers that, that abused her. She thanked God for the cold nights and the hot days. And she began to thank him for her sufferings. And Helen today is traveling the world, having been set free, and she's proclaiming God's goodness of what he did in that situation. You can look her up. Helen Behine, B-E-H-I-N-E, I think. God was building a woman of strength through her suffering. What if instead of complaining about our situation, we started giving praise to God for what he's doing in our situation? Maybe when we did that, we would take off our glasses of complaining and depression when we would see Maybe we'd be willing to see God's faithfulness in his present hand in our lives that we've been blind to because we've been so busy complaining. That we've been blind to because we've been so busy trying to fight to get out of what he was using for us. Why does God bring hardship into our lives? I know I can talk about it candidly because I'm not in your shoes. I don't know what's going on in your world. You don't know what's going on in mine either. But God is at work in our lives, in the hardship. Salvation is not God's end goal. It's our initiation. All our Christian lives, we are being exercised and built up. The strengthening comes from the constant pressures of the world. Making mistakes, falling down, doesn't make you a failure. Listen right now. Making mistakes doesn't make you a failure. Quitting does. Place your hope in your Savior, your living God, and get back on your feet. Elevate, I love you. And I hope that tonight, whatever comes this year, you can remember that your God is faithful. And I hope that I can remember that too. This probably is more for me than it is for you. Because your God is faithful. 
And if you'll do the challenge that we had last week where you put a reminder in December 29th of 2021 to look back at what God has done since the beginning of this year, you're going to see that your God was faithful. My challenge to tonight is consider what's hard right now. What is hard in your life right now? When you lay it down at, in bed at night, what's the last thing you think about? And you're like, God, I wish this would just change. Everything would be better if this one thing would change. What's that one thing? Who's that one person? My challenge for you is that you're going to start thanking God for that person. Yeah, them. Yes, them. You're going to start thanking God for that situation. You're going to peel away the glasses and say, God, what are you doing in this? Yep, you know what? It may have been you that put you there. Let God work on you in it. So what's that one thing? Begin to thank God for it. Ask him to show you what he's doing in it. Heavenly Father, you are a gracious, kind, merciful, butt-kicking God. Thank you for loving us so much that you would protect us by letting us get knocked down. And I pray that just like Peter, who sunk in the water with his own distraction, with his own failures, you will be right here next to every man and woman in this room, grabbing them by the elbow and being faithful to lift them back onto their feet. Because we will not stand in our own strength. We are finite, imperfect clay-footed people. But you, God, are our strength. So, Lord, I pray that you will lift up every man and woman in this room. Every time they're knocked down, let them turn their hope towards you so that you can do the lifting, that you can take the burden off of their shoulders and lay it on your own. What a faithful God you are. Do the impossible. Let men and women in here see miracles this year. Let them be courageous enough to get outside of their comfort zone and let the miracles happen through their action, through their love, through their witness. Lord, have your way. And when we're weak, when we're sore, when we're knocked down, remind us that you are near, that you comfort the broken, that you are close to those in pain, to the hungry and the needy and the oppressed. We offer up our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Episodes are recorded every Wednesday at Elevate Student Ministry. All students, 7th through 12th grades, are welcome.